Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. Sports. Entertainment. Little to no culture. It's time for Unsportsmanlike Conduct with Ed Graney and Adam Hill. Hey, welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal and Blue Wire. We're your hosts, Ed Graney and Adam Hill, and we're here each week to give you our thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders before entering into a world of news and topics we find interesting. Here we go. How are you, buddy? Um, wonderful. I mean, the training camp is dragging on. I think... Uh, it's the dog days. Some the of the dog days. Some of the players have mentioned that. Uh, listen, we don't have it nearly as bad as they do uh, out on the field, running around. No, but we're under shade. It's rough. In, in, uh, Not every day. Ble- no, but yesterday, uh, we're doing this on Friday. So Thursday, there were no fans in attendance, which, hey... Good for the fans, but when you're not there, we're the ones who get to take the bleachers in the middle of the field with yeah. the shade, and that's what we like. And I, and I thought that was interesting. It's all about us anyway. It's actually interesting background of why fans were not there on uh, Thursday. We're recording this Friday morning. On Thursday, there was no fans there, and usually if there's an outdoor practice, there's fans, and if there's an in- indoor practice, there's not. Uh, Thursday was going to be an indoor practice. Josh McDaniel said at the beginning of training camp, uh, anytime they practice after 9 a.m., it'll be inside. Because of the heat. Because the heat and, uh, you know, you don't want to put the, put their bodies through too much. They're not Nebraska trying to get guys to throw up 20 times a practice, which is insane. That's another uh, story. Of course. Uh, but, yeah, they said if it's after 9 o'clock, they'll move inside to, to kind of deal with the conditions. That was what Josh McDaniels said after um, a really exhaustive kind of study of – Temperatures and heat and patterns. Yeah, he became uh, he became a little Al Roker. He, he became was, the main weatherman. Well, how old are you? There's got to be an updated weather guy. Is there? Is there? Al Roker was on TV in like the seventies, bro. <laughs> is there? Like, what, are you, what are you doing? Who's so, the updated so, guy? Uh, well, there's the uh, the guy at the Weather Channel who everybody uh, it's Jim something I think who just chases storm. He's in, always in the middle of a the storm chaser. I don't know if he technically is, but if there's a hurricane, they send him there, and he's out in the you know he's out amongst the uh, tornadoes, you know, the tornadoes, and, and he's holding the hat in place and all that stuff. Right. Uh, so Jim. So yeah, I think it's Jim, Jim. something. I, I as soon as I know his name, I'm gonna like freak out and be like, oh, I know this guy. I know who this guy is. Jim Cantori. Jim Cantori. Yeah, it's the guy's name. Uh, he's the Roker, the new the new age Roker. I think so. I think he's the more updated version, <laughs> although he's fairly old too. I'm sure there's some millennial uh, weather guy out there. But yeah, Josh McDaniels got very in depth in studying, and this is kind of how he approaches the job. He he studied everything he could about the weather, and said if if we start practice after 9 a.m., we'll be inside, and if it's before before 9 a.m., we'll be outside. So there was no fans because it was a 9:30 a.m. practice on Thursday. And they were able to move it outside because it's been a crazy summer here in Las Vegas. For those that the monsoons uh, at nighttime, yeah, that listen outside the area, it's been monsoons every day. Uh, the, it's kept the temperatures down, and Humidity up. And Josh McDaniels just said, uh, you know, from everything I've studied and everybody I've talked to, this has never really happened before. And that, that's very true. This is a very very unique summer in Las Vegas, and that is kind of thrown off their. Uh, schedule. I mean, it's fine. They just move outside. Not a not a huge deal, but it has kind of altered some of the plans for training camp, and uh, we've seen that take place, which I, I think has been. It's a very kind of fascinating behind the scenes development. Now, 
what's going to happen. What I joked about yesterday is next year, Josh McDaniels will just plan the entire training camp outside. It'll be 110. It'll be, yeah, 135 degrees yeah, exactly. every day. And they'll throw their plans off again. Although, wouldn't be surprised, let's just throw this nugget out there, if that training camp next year is in Napa. Napa, you think they're going to go back to Napa in one year? You think they'll do it just one year here and then he'll take them up there? Wishful thinking? It's hot up in Napa. It's nice, though. It's, it, it is nice, nice. but it's, it's hotter than you think it's going to be. It is, but Like, we not... get out of the heat in Vegas, like, oh, we're getting out of the heat in Vegas, and you have to nap, you're like, wait a second, it's this is pretty hot. not 115. No, but I could see the weather here being like Napa usually is. The, the weather here this year, because it's been in sure. the 90s. Sure. Well, they've got that, they've got that great uh, barbecue spot. They've got the, uh, the cool pool hall downtown. There's a, one of the best Italian restaurants in the world. It's a great time. Yeah, Whole just, Foods with the big salads? I, I did go to Whole Foods with the big salads. With the big salads, Elaine. I did go to Whole Foods. Um, I, then I just stayed in the condo. But it, <laughs> and, and we're talking from our perspective, obviously joking, but um, it, it actually is for, for those that haven't been there. If, you, if you're not a, if you're kind of a newer to the Raiders uh, fandom and didn't know about their time in Napa, they had a perfect training camp setup. Perfect. It, there's a hotel. It's a Marriott right it's on campus. It's a Marriott. With you know weight facilities and all that, and then they set up their own weight facilities out on the uh, on the field in like a tent, and it's adjoining a middle school, and they have a couple of fields that the Raiders take over, and then the rest of the year the middle schools get to use them. Uh, but it's it's perfect because you're you know sequestered as a team, you're kind of building that the you know the team bonding type stuff that they do there uh, while they're at the hotel and never leaving, and then. You just walk outside and you're on the field, and then there's film rooms and all that yeah, stuff, all great. self-contained in one place. So it, it's perfect logistically for the Raiders, but also pretty nice to get up to Napa for a couple of weeks for a training camp. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Um, we usually get the beer, the Airbnb. Not sure. the people out there care, but we're in nah. the Airbnb. Uh, so we'll see. You've put the nugget out. You've made your call. We'll see if they go to Napa next year. All right. Here we go, third preseason game of the year at Miami on Saturday. Let me ask you this because uh, Josh McDaniels uh, doesn't give up much on uh, much of much. anything. Doesn't give up much of anything. He, he talked about the weather more than he talks about his team uh, in, in detail. But yesterday I thought it was funny when we're talking to him. He's, someone said, who's starting? He goes, well, I haven't decided on starters yet, which everyone laughed at. Um, they have not played Carr. And, and to, to be clear on that, he's not saying I haven't decided on starters in the preseason game. He was asked. Are you going to start? Are you going to play your starters in the preseason game? Right. And he said, "We don't know who our starters are yeah. for the regular season." That's insane. There's a couple positions. Maybe sure. there's a couple positions sure. on the offensive line and elsewhere. But, but to no. say you haven't decided on a starting quarterback, Devontae Adams will start. Yeah, starting tight end. He although will start. he's well, we don't know about that. Him. We'll see if they we'll see him at the Aces game. <laughs> sure. And probably ask him. Sure. Um, Wait, will he go to the Aces game? Well, we in we Las Vegas instead of traveling. I think it depends on who doesn't travel. Like, if he's the only one who doesn't travel, I think that's kind of bad. But that's not going to be the case. You know there'll be other guys who don't travel who didn't make that trip all the way to Miami. That's too long of a trip. Let's say they knew Josh Jacobs wasn't playing. You put Josh Jacobs on a plane to Miami? That doesn't really make a lot of sense. Well, wouldn't you want to go to Miami? If, well, I don't know. I mean, Larry's, Larry's nodding yes, but he's a Miami guy. Take a I mean, jump. Yeah, our, our our esteemed producer Larry Mir here is a big Dolphins fan, so yeah. he's he's very excited about this week's game. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I mean, okay. So the starters. Let, let me ask this because the main starters haven't played the first two games. They're not going to play the last game because they have the two practices against the Patriots here next week. So they're not going to play in that game. And you certainly don't play them in the last game of the preseason, given you don't want to risk injury. 
let's say they all make the trip this week. Now that they haven't played in the first two games, do you really put Renfro, Adams, I don't think Waller because of his injury, even Carr? Well, if anybody's going to play, I mean, for those reasons that you mentioned, this is the week. This would be yeah, the game is, that people would play. This is the time play. that they would. I don't know that they will. Derek Carr didn't play in the preseason last year. It is different with four games this year. And it's different, I'll, I'll point out, because I think you're right with the with the Raiders. They won't play anybody in the final preseason game because they have those Patriots scrimmages. That's where that's where the guys will get their work in. Ones versus ones, ones versus twos. Those sorts of things are going to be done uh, on the practice field in a controlled environment more so than putting them out there uh, in a preseason game. But around the league, don't be surprised if guys play uh, for a couple reasons. One, it's three games this year instead of four. That change was made last year. And two... And this is not talked about by anyone, and I, it's it's kind of concerning to me that nobody's putting this together. It's two weeks now, so it used to be it's nine good. days. Say be, say what two weeks is two weeks between. Right. It's nine days between. It used to be nine days between the final preseason game and the and start the of, the of the regular season. season. So you everybody played on Thursday, and then all, cut day was Friday. Right, and then the next Sunday. You fall, played, a week or from Sunday, Thursday for some whatever, right, but whatever. Th- then a week later, so nine days later, you play your first game. Now it's two full weeks. You get two full weeks between that last preseason game and the start of the regular season. So, and the people, Raiders will actually get a little more because they play on a Friday, right? And I think most most teams are playing on that Friday. Oh, they are. I think it's Thursday and Friday. Most of the teams are going to play. But yes, for the most part, you get two full weeks or even more between that last preseason game and the start of the year. So I think it is going to alter how a lot of teams handle it. Now, the Raiders, not the case because, as you said, the Patriots will be here for two practices. Those joint practices are where all the starters for both teams will get their work in. They won't play in the preseason game. But um, I do think around the league you'll see a little bit more uh, starters playing in the final preseason game. And I think we have to rethink how we think about you know the the, the preseason because it used to be everybody did the same thing. No starters game one. Starters for a drive or a quarter in game two, starters, starters through halftime. Yeah, starters yeah. through halftime in game three. Nobody and then, in game four. And then nobody in game four is how it used to be for everyone, but now uh, it is changing. Just like, man, this is a much tougher battle for me, but we have to change how we talk about fourth down decisions too. Uh, but that's that's a battle that I've been fighting for a long time. But I don't know if I'd ever do anything but go for it on fourth down. That's what I'm saying. In the preseason. But, why? Why? Well, kick, the preseason. Preseason, yes. I'm talking about the regular season when you talk about coaches being aggressive on fourth down. Hey, he got aggressive. He went for it on fourth down. No, you're being conservative if you go for it on fourth down because it's the right, sound, mathematical decision. Mm-hmm. You're being aggressive if, if you, you kick, punt. Yeah, if you you're punt, talking about punting, punting or field goal or field goal. Yeah, you're being conservative if you do that because you're actually giving your team a less chance to win. So you're being conservative, and and I think a lot of times when we when we talk about those fourth down decisions, you're like, ah, oh, coach is being safe. Like, no, the the safe thing to do is to go for it because that's the right thing to do. So it it is it's a way of changing your thinking. That it, I just started reminding me of that just because we're talking about changing how we think about the preseason, but changing how we think about discussing fourth down decisions right. is something that I'm I've been passionate about for a while. It's not catching on. Nobody's nobody's buying into it or agreeing with it. I try it on Twitter. It's, it doesn't work, but we're trying. Uh, so what's your call? Who plays? Does I Derek? Think, Carr, I don't think Derek Carr plays. I don't. He didn't play at all last preseason. I don't think so either. I don't think Devonte Adams plays. Obviously, Waller and Jacobs aren't practicing, so I don't. They're think not going to play. play. Hunter uh, Renfro. Yeah, you might see him out there. Maybe a little bit. Maybe he probably wants to. He, I mean, that guy probably wants to play right now. Right. Like, can we get a Friday? Can we schedule a Friday game, Coach? Right. Like, we, Friday night lights. <laughs> yeah, can we can we scrimmage against like Miami or Florida <laughs> International or something? Let's go. Like AEG that kind of Academy. Fly. Yeah, go up to Canada. Play 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 the Argos. Something. 
Like, I'm sure that guy just wants to play all the time. Uh, I want to ask you before we get into something, uh, a Netflix documentary you and I are excited about. Oh, oh boy. Uh, I did watch part two. It was oh. absolutely amazing. Um, the offensive line. Uh, you know, before, even if they didn't sign anyone, they still said, oh, we have depth, we have depth. Now, Brandon Parker out, Thayer Munford walks off the field the other day limping. So now all of a sudden their depth, no matter how good the offensive line is, is being taken away a little. Are you surprised, shocked, um, just stumped why they have not brought anyone in or signed anyone? It's not like they don't yes have the space no. in the cap. They've, they've got the cap space, but I also think they're trying to redo some deals and try to figure some of those things out. So maybe that's what uh, part of the delay is. Uh, I mean, you also probably want to address at some point. I mean, I know you got some guys healthy this week, and uh, you know, Bilal Nichols, Jonathan Haggins are back, which should help. But they signed uh, someone yesterday. Sure. Uh, well, defensive end. They need they need tackles. They need guys in the middle. Okay. So yes, Nichols and Haggins being back helps. But I think I'm a little surprised they haven't addressed, you know, defensive tackle on some more meaningful level as well. I mean, that's a spot where you've you've shown some vulnerability here in the preseason. Uh, again, I think having your top line guys back is going to help the depth. It's going to help a lot of that. But it's been a concern. So yes, I'm I'm a little bit surprised they haven't addressed the outside of the offensive line, the inside of the defensive line. Uh, but they also there is some some kind of bad luck that's gone along with this a little bit in that, you know. You you thought Brandon Parker was playing really well. It looked like he was playing pretty well, well in practice at right tackle. At right tackle. And then they tried him at left tackle in the scrimmage. And I know that there's some people around Brandon Parker that are not happy uh, that he moved over to the left tackle for the preseason game and kind of for looked silly. For the Jags and looked horrible. Uh, he looked silly in that game. And and I'm sure, you know, well, I know what Josh McDaniels and the team has said is, hey, we need guys that are going to be able to play both sides. And if you can't, then that's not, you don't really fit in with what we're doing. But he was taking reps at right tackle throughout training camp and then played left tackle in a preseason game and um let's face it looked awful from the very first snap and then he got hurt anyway and and right. I don't expect to see him for quite quite some time uh they haven't made any announcements on that but I think it's going to be a while before he comes back I don't think his season's over cuz they haven't put him on IR yet but um it'll be a while before we see him again Vegas get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN sports app with 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started, no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $500 on your first deposit. Uh, so that that was one domino to fall. And then Thayer Munford actually looked really good last week. Uh, looking back at the tape and looking what he did uh, what he was able to put on film, again, against some backup guys uh, for the Vikings, but he looked good. And, you know, I know everybody is, is still caught up on one rep from his college career where Aiden right. Hutchinson embarrassed him, but Aiden right. Hutchinson embarrassed a lot of people. Aiden and, Hutchinson, it appears on Hard Knocks, is about to embarrass a lot of NFL players. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and himself. Uh, well, he's <laughs> a singer. It's a little silly. I just mean his his ego. And, and look, I'm a... You're you know, a huge Michigan guy. I'm a huge Michigan guy, and I love Aiden Hutchinson, but man, his ego is out of control already. Uh, and that's that's going to be uh, something to monitor as well. Um, but yeah, yes, Aiden Hutchinson embarrassed him in a rep in, in college. Happened to a lot of guys. And by the way, if you really watch it, there was just there was some technique stuff that could be cleaned up and it wouldn't have been as bad. Uh, but people are caught up on that one play. He was actually a good player, and he's looked good in camp. And he's actually made a run for a starting spot, and then, you know, he, he plays so well in that preseason game, and then all of a sudden he's walking off the field hurt again. Yeah, he's limping off the field. So there there is, while 
it needs to be addressed, and I think they, they will address it at some point. They'll kind of scour the waiver wire. I still think, man, I, I still, like there's, there's players you kind of watch and say, hey, he might be available. And it seemed like Tevin Jenkins from the Bears was available last week, and he's a guy coming out of the draft I love. Four spots seem locked up, and I think they're somewhat comfortable with four of those spots. They just need to find somebody to play that right tackle, and I think their their hope is still that Alex Leatherwood wins that job and steps up. It just hasn't quite happened yet. Thayer Munford almost seemed like he was ready to. Brandon Parker seemed like he was ready to for a minute. So like, I feel like they they believe there might be a solution in the room somewhere. They just haven't figured it out. Yet. What about uh, Jermaine Illuminor? That guy, I mean, Does he make this team. I love Jermaine Illuminor. I want him to be on the team Does just he make because it? he's a great quote. I don't know, fan. I think he will about, but I think he will because he's versatile. He can play a couple different spots, and he's been with them before with the Patriots. But he wasn't there's very fami- good. There's familiarity. He wasn't, but he's a different player now. Just like, well, by the way, Lester Cotton wasn't very good either. And right. He might be their Colton Miller's very very good. Lester Cotton might be their second most second most dependable offensive lineman at this point. So, and he's a guy that kind of. You know, you know, we talk about the the clean slate. Uh, that's something that I know uh, you've been you've been talking a lot about with the, with this coaching staff. Like, that's a guy who needed it and has taken advantage of it. And you know, other guys might. That's that's what I was kind of referring to with Tevin Jenkins potentially. Of hey, you get him in here, you you kind of clean up some of the stuff that you think he's doing wrong, and maybe that talent shines through. But right. we haven't seen much of it. Um, we haven't we didn't see much of it from Lester Cotton on the on the playing field until this year, although. As I've, you know, just screamed about, you see it on the practice field, and you know the the work ethic apparently was just wasn't there consistently. But the guy's unbelievably talented, and it seems like it's all coming together for him. So maybe you hope that it comes together for some of these other guys, and maybe even Alex Leatherwood. Like, I don't think the book is closed on him. As much as he's, you know, as much as he struggled last year at tackle, as much as he struggled, you know, in a lot of reps in training camp, and as much as he's been at times just abused by Max Crosby in training camp, well. He's that not happens. the only one getting abused by that's, Max Crosby. That's true. That's Max true. Max Crosby, they can't block right now. Yeah, but a lot of that's Alex Leatherwood. <laughs> so, it's true. Um, but yeah, I think I, I don't think the book is closed on Alex Leatherwood. I just don't. Like I think there is still a possibility that he kind of figures it out. Again, Lester Cotton is in year four, and he wasn't right. a first round pick. Um, but you know, he's a guy that is finally figuring it out, and I, I think that happens sometimes. Now, Heck, this is year six for Illum- Illuminor. Yeah, and I asked. Uh, I did ask Carmen Brasillo, offensive line coach, the other day. I was like, "How often do guys just kind of figure it out at some point? Like they're just they're they're kind of heading the wrong direction. You don't see much out of them. All of a sudden, they just flip the switch." And he look, he looked at me and said, "Not very often." <laughs> so, so I guess <laughs> you're either a guy maybe, or you're not a guy. Yeah. He's like he said, Lester Cotton did. Lester Cotton is a guy that did that, uh, but it doesn't happen very often. So maybe you know, with Alex Leatherwood again, there was there was moments last year that were encouraging. So. Uh, I don't think it'd be totally flipping the switch for him to play well, but that's their hope right now is that he figures it out, can play right tackle, and is not the weak link that they're concerned he might be. All right, so there you go at Miami on Saturday. Joint practices Tuesday and Wednesday with the Patriots, and they'll play the Patriots in their final preseason game next uh, a week from Friday, a week from today, actually. Um, all right, Manti Teo, you you turned me on to this oh documentary, a two part documentary on Netflix. Can we? And this was. Can we all just first tremendous. of all before we even talk first? Okay, I'll ask you a question that's unfair to the audience, I guess. But you watched part one, and then you said you hadn't watched part two yet, and I told you it's even better. Was part two better than part one? By far, yeah. That's exactly. And pa- and part one was terrific. Have you seen it, Larry? It's terrific. Oh, it's so good. So good. Can we start this off before we even have any discussion why about the documentary? I, why I waited? No. No, oh. 
had to go to bed. Can we just start, can we just as a <laughs> group, as a group, me, you, all the listeners, Larry, everyone, can we just start up by apologizing to Manti Teo? Yes. How sad. <laughs> like the lack of understanding, that. the lack of understanding of what the situation actually and was. And what he went through. It, well, I think everybody knew what he went through on some level, but I think I, I, I keep saying we, I believed at least he was partly to blame. You mean he was too gullible? Not that, that he was too gullible, that he let the story go on too long, that all these other things, and watching the documentary, no, no, no. No. <laughs> no. 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 He had nothing to do with it. He handled it well because he didn't want to, he didn't know that it was all a scam until it was way too late to do anything or say anything right. about it. And it, when he, like, he wasn't lying. I always kind of thought, this is how I put it in my head, and this is on me, but I think this is kind of how a lot of people felt. We're going to give away this whole documentary before we do it. So, as far as I get spoiler alert, we're not, we won't spoil a lot of it, but. Well, watch it, please, on Netflix. Wa- even if you knew everything that happened, you, to, watch you didn't. It. But I always kind of thought, and this is the timeline in my head, of he came out after that game, and I believe it was a Michigan game, and said, you know, I'm playing tonight. He's like, I just lost my grandmother and my girlfriend. Right. But I'm going to play through this. And then I kind of thought later that week, somebody said to him, hey, man, like that girlfriend wasn't real. Like she she was fake. And then he just kept going all the way through the Heisman ceremony and everything else, letting everybody believe. Through the Alabama game. Right. That No, that's not what, no. <laughs> that's not what happened at all. So watch it and find out exactly the timeline of events. But the way he, like, the talent that was wasted because he got so, like, ang- he, the anxiety just overwhelmed him. The anxiety him. overwhelmed him. He couldn't play anymore. He right. couldn't go back and watch the highlight. I went back and watched the Alabama game, by the way. I wow. remember that well. Wow. Yeah. I know, as a, as a Notre Dame fan, I'm yeah, sure I remember you remember. That well. I was but I went back and watched it because everything kind of came to a head right before that. It was chaotic, and they showed like three plays from the Alabama game. I remember the game. I remember yeah, in the in the documentary, documentary. that were just horrific for Manti Teo. Plays that during the season he was making, right? But I went back and looked, and, <laughs> and I watched more of the game, and just said, "Man, that poor guy." And then he said, when he would he would line up in the NFL, oh, he, he couldn't feel his, his fingers, body. his yeah, toes. Exactly. And look, I'm a guy that's dealt with anxiety, and I've I've you know had been had to be medicated and stuff like like I've gone through some of these things. I can't imagine the level to which he was on walking around because one of the things that when you deal with it, it's, it's private. Only the people that you tell understand, like know what you're going through or or dealing with literally everywhere he went, everywhere you, you You couldn't get away. No, he couldn't, he couldn't go. Whether even whether he's at home in Hawaii or, or elsewhere. Well, Hawaii is even worse than anywhere because everybody knows. But if like he couldn't like what I will do, you know, I'll go sit in like the back corner of a Starbucks and, and write or just work on my computer or whatever and just kind of disappear. He can't do that. No. And everybody in the whole place will be like, oh, that's the guy with the fake girlfriend. Was it too oh, easy man. for the media to jump on him as they did? Yes. And I actually, oh man, I'm, I'm trying to be careful about how much of it I, I give away because I just want to talk about every single thing that happens. I actually believe the reporters that broke the story. Deadspin? That, that, but the, the actual, the, the specific reporter from from Deadspin who thought when they put this story out 
they were doing an expose of how bad media is of not checking Of how sources. bad the national media responded to the story and how they believed and, it. And, and, and that yes. they were trying to do an expose on, on, that. on media. Right, right. And instead it turned into this expose on Manti Teo, and it's not what they intended. And I fully believe that that's the case. Now, they oh, probably should have foreseen to them, I do too. Yeah, they probably should have foreseen what happened. But I think that they were just trying to make fun of the media not checking on the fact that there is no girl that died. Right. And instead, they exposed Manti Teo for being, you know, whatever they did. And, there, I mean, there's there's definitely, I think, sub-commentaries on, you know, religion and families and, like, all these different things that play into how these, how these situations can unfold. And we know, I mean, you don't because you're too old to have watched the show, but we all know what catfishing is. I know it well. Come on, <laughs> but I mean, I don't. It's not you like you're a spring show. chicken, my I am, friend. I am. Uh, you, I, I'm. I act way younger than I am. Uh, you, you did you watch? Younger. Did you watch the show? The, the, the show Catfish. No, right, that's what I'm saying. No. So, uh, but we, it's not, if it was on right now, I don't know if I'd watch it. Right, but I, what I'm saying is there is there is now a full generation of people who understand that culture. And and not not just understand what it is because I think any anybody now the, the the term catfishing has entered the lexicon to the point where everybody knows what it is. Oh sure. But for those of us that watched the show and the documentary uh, that that Neve did, it was like you understand it more of you understand both sides. You understand why people do what they do. You understand how they do what they do. You understand the technology well, involved in a lot of this stuff. The person that did did it to him was in love with him. Yes, it, yes, but that's it's not even always that. It's more escapism from themselves and trying to play a character and not understanding um, the harm they're doing. You know, because look, and I, I heard some national guys, and I'll 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 say right now, um, I I think you know Pat McAfee does like the best show on radio anywhere right now. Uh, I think it's incredible what he does, but he did this whole thing, and I watched it yesterday, saying that you know Renaya who perpetrated this might be the worst person on planet earth. And what that person did, cause I'm, I'm not, I think you'll understand why I said that, uh, when you watch it, what Renaya did was awful and horrific and, and inexcusable, especially how the, the scenario played out and how much, uh, Mantate was fooled into believing he was helping someone, <laughs> which is just crazy. But it's also, you also feel, okay, that person was in a place where they could not, they couldn't talk to anybody. They were, they felt like they were trapped. They felt like nobody would understand what they were doing. So they had this opportunity to play a character that they didn't think was hurting anyone. That they just said, okay, I'm, I'm this for whatever hours a day, I can be another person and not have my insecurities and not have, my person, you know, people around me just coming down on me did, and crushing me and everything. Did you think Renaya played the victim card a little too much? I yes. Thought it, I thought at the end she did. Yes. It, well, you're, now you give away the big reveal, which I was trying not to <laughs> That's, do. I just did, it's somewhat of a reveal. <laughs> it's Naya. Uh, yes and no, but I, I think it's important. And I, I think that that's kind of what I'm getting at of, of, you know, people that have watched Catfish, I think you feel for that party too like as much as you think of what they did is horrific mm. you start to say okay now i understand why i understand what you're saying i don't know how much i felt for 
the person. I did. In I the did. end, I did. I mean, I look. I I thought. I thought. I thought it was a story of two tragedies. One obviously perpetrated by somebody else who it's their fault that the other person went through it. But I think that it's a tragic story of what Renaya went through. Uh, you've watched the show more than I. I know what catfishing is. I understand exactly what you're saying. Start watching the, the show. Who doesn't. Start watching the show. Was it on Netflix? It's MTV. <laughs> I don't even think you knew there was a show. There's an entire show. And that's, they actually reference it in the documentary, by the way. Yeah, what but what they say in the documentary, and this is this relates to what we're having the conversation we're having right now. What they say in the documentary is yes, because of Neve, because of the show, everyone understands what it is now. But when okay. it happened to Manti Teo, nobody understood. Nobody understood it. Um, by the way, real quick before we get out of here, because we do want you to watch it out there, and we're giving a lot away on it. But it, who, it, we couldn't give it away. Couldn't enough. give away. It's, it's incredible. Who sent the uh, um, tip to Deadsman? Do we even know that? No. I don't think they addressed that. No, but I think it had gotten around enough. Well, here is my issue. Her I'm giving a lot away. But the 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 person that she the, the girlfriend, her he, you know, the person who did this took the picture and, and and made her out to be the girlfriend. But that girl was a real life person on Facebook. Yes. I was shocked more people Actually, I think MySpace. It was MySpace. Yeah. I was shocked someone didn't, as all this went recognize along, her. recognize her. Yeah. Because she had like 20 pictures. Uh, they took like 20 pictures of her, yeah. you know, in, at her home, on the beach, and all these well, other I pictures. Also, and I'm like, how didn't someone run across this and say, wait a minute, that's someone else. That's not who this person is. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a, that's a fair question. Um, but also, it was older photos, right? So when they, show, when they would show... Um, well, when they showed the one picture in the end that he asked for, yeah. she looked different. She was older. Okay, so these, yeah. these photos were taken from MySpace, which is much earlier. Right. And that it would have been, this the woman was actually an adult now and not the teenager that they had been showing pictures of. So I think that's why, that, that's why maybe some people didn't put it together. And how many people actually took time to look at the photos? Now, I'm sure somebody did, and I'm sure that's probably part of how it ended up getting out. But- you know when they were when they told the story and it was a massive story obviously of what Manti Teo was going through you know people might see the picture and say oh that looks like so and so but maybe 15 years ago yeah, or whatever exactly. 10 years exactly. ago whatever yeah. it is and so that's why maybe it wasn't put together but yeah they were old photos and that's why in the actual photo that was taken of her which that story is wild you'll enjoy that yeah. in the documentary um when the actual photo was taken uh she is she's older and he got that photo Yes, R- Renaya sent him that photo. Yes. Renaya acquired the photo of from the girl by lying and by saying, lying to say what it was for, <laughs> saying that there was somebody sick that you know yeah. was that she was wishing well. Got the actual photo and then sent it. Boy, but why did I? Th- at, that point, did, at that point, at that point, he was already what, skeptical. Yeah, but at that he point, sees he was already the photo skeptical. And she's fifteen years older, right. and he's like, "What's what, what's this about?" Well, at that point, he was already skeptical. And I'm sure he it was just like a lot adding up to the but he he would say okay well, you know the photos from the photo this the, this is the girl this, this is ten, the girl you know, seven eight years later whatever it is so I'm sure that she's she, got the date on the photo photos. yeah proven she was alive yeah which is what it's which is what they tell like is what they tell people in online relationships to do is get to get that photo of get that photo and make sure it's real I mean obviously things like you should. 
talk to the person on FaceTime, that kind of thing to verify. But uh, yeah, and they would say, hey, make sure it's a photo. And he did all the steps you're supposed to. Hey, I need a photo with today's date. Right, flashing a flashing a sign, right, and holding you know holding up a sign with your initials, and got it. It's crazy, unbelievable. You got to watch it out there if you haven't. Do it now. Uh, sorry if we gave too much away, but there's no. We it's didn't. Im- it's impossible for us. Everybody to knows the anyway. the basics the of basic the story. story. That's, that's why like, you're not. Know. Yeah, you're not giving away that much. I'm glad to see he's moved on. Apparently, he's married with a child, so he's moved on in his life. Doing well, he's doing well for himself. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for our latest edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casinos, ST, and Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal Blue Wire. Remember now, there are new episodes of Vegas Nation every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe to Vegas Nation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcast snap. Find all that coverage and more at VegasNation.com. For our producer, Larry Meir, who did see this documentary, and my co-host, Adam Hill, I'm Ed Graney. We'll talk to you next week. Vegas. Get in on the sports betting action and get on the SDN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $500 on your first deposit.